Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked on Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, formerly of 24-7, formerly of Scout, and formerly of a dozen Cleveland Indian sports blogs uh, in Cleveland throughout the years. Today's show is brought to you by the Locker Room app, now available on Android. Saturday nights during the baseball game, that's typically a hop on and have a chat on there, talk about the Indians, uh, or never know what we'll talk about. I had Jason Burke from Locked On uh, Athletics jump in, and we had some reminiscing about our scout days uh, when we were at scout.com. Some of the great people there uh, that helped us out, and some of the craziness of watching scout kind of fold around us. It was uh, an interesting time to uh, to be a part of that company that is for sure we're gonna talk about the win today we're gonna go over to baseball savant and kind of dig into player performance now that we are deep into the season and then i also at the top of the show want to talk about another minor league performance give a chance to highlight some players uh who are standing out i did notice some people commenting that you know tyler freeman did something he'd never done before he struck out three times last night so that was him doing something he'd never done in his minor league career which it's kind of an accomplishment when you think about it that he had never struck out three times yet in his minor league career. On the positive side of things, if you've watched this show, if you've heard my interviews with Burke Granger, if you heard me talk with Brian Sikowski, if you've heard me talk with any number of people I've had on the show, those two come to mind. When we are talking about Indians prospects, a guy who comes without me asking, unbidden as it were, to people's lips is Logan Allen. Uh, I've started calling him Logan Allen the Younger, uh, so we can start using that as a term. Uh, I don't know if it's really been properly used since like the Romans, uh, but uh, for us, it makes sense. It's not a junior in this case. It's honestly just Logan Allen the Younger, and he had his first start, and he went five innings of one-hit baseball, one walk, eight strikeouts. Again, starting, if you listen to the show earlier in the week, in high A, an aggressive placement for a college pitcher. Uh, the Indians have never dropped a guy into high A before, and they dropped all three of their college arms there. Allen's got really good stuff. Well, I don't know if I want to phrase it that way. Really good stuff often means like high end. Allen has three about 55 grade pitches. He is a plus athlete. Uh, for instance, I always would joke about the fact, but it's 100% true. You know, when he wasn't pitching, he was a first baseman, and he had more home runs in college than Garrett Mitchell, who was a starting outfielder at UCLA, was talked about as a potential high first-round pick, and uh, had all the same opportunities, if not more. And uh, Logan Allen had more home runs than him. Athletic kid, small school, great control, great command. Not top 10 in a lot of places. He's just not. If there's one thing we know about the Cleveland Indians – the pitcher you should pay attention to is the one who's not top 10. It's the guy with really good control, really good command, who's a sponge and who's athletic. That's Logan Allen. So first start, that's what you get. I just I'm saying it's worth keeping your eyes on. It's worth paying attention to when Logan is, Allen is pitching in Lake County. If you live in that area, I mean, Tanner Burns is also really fun to see Mason Hickman. I talked about could be the steal of the draft is, he went to Vanderbilt and just never developed, never had any velocity. If the Indians can work with him, I mean, for as great as Kumar Rocker was, Mason Hickman was the ace. It's three really interesting arms. You can't go wrong. But Logan Allen, to me, is the best of that group. I had him highest ranked of any player the Indians drafted a year ago. And coming out of the gate like that, uh, I had to talk about on the show. I just had to. There's no way I wasn't going to talk about that performance. 
it's been fun having minor league baseball back. It's been really fun getting the box scores in my mailbox, digging through them, looking at them. I never realized how much I miss them. What I really miss is, you know, I'm going to miss the camaraderie of being in that double A box. Even if I was still in Ohio, I know Liebs is not in charge of Rubber Ducks Media Relations anymore, who was another podcast guest we had on here. You know, there's a lot of great people I got to meet in that box between, you know, Brad Bornell and Daniel Sheriff, uh, Jake Dungan, who I knew from IBI, but even like Danny uh, Cunningham and um, gosh, I'm liking on all the people through the years. And I'm sorry if someone listens like, you know, uh, why didn't you mention me? It's just there's so many fun times interacting and talking with people. And uh, it was it was awesome. It was a way to discuss baseball while watching baseball and then getting to interview the players after. It's just some of the best baseball memories I have. And if you are in, you know, covering, I believe the Rubber Ducks this year for Indians Baseball Insider, I think is Caleb, who we might have on the show here in a bit, Phillips. And then Lake County, I want to say, is Pat Ellington, who we had on the show previously. If you're following Twitter, uh, I did want to quickly talk about Pat Ellington is going to join the show once a week as a co-host. We had him on. He and I had some great discussions. Uh, looking for ways to continue to grow the show, bring in some new voices, and just some interesting people to talk with. So if you enjoyed that conversation, it's like a two-and-a-half-parter with myself and Pat. Uh, there's going to be more of them. It's going to be weekly. We'll try to cut down on the minutes. But sometimes it's going to be Pat and myself. Sometimes it'll just be Pat. And we're going to figure out how that works. And I might be bringing in one more person to do kind of a similar thing. So I know there have been those saying, hey, expand the podcast. Uh, it can only be helpful. We're doing it. You know, I'm, I'm taking that to heart and we're growing uh, the podcast out. And Pat is the first person we're bringing in uh, to bring a new perspective into the show. Let's talk about this game today. So the Indians, I said, hey, you know, who cares if they lose? Uh, and then in the second inning, I was like, Hey, it's, you know, man, Tristan McKenzie, why can, what's his issue with control? And I ended up looking very foolish on both account, both counts. So if you go into the game in the first, uh, well, I guess in my mind, in the first, he had walked someone, but when you go into the second inning is, I know there was not the same. No, he was. Was I looking at the wrong game or did I pull up the wrong box score here? Uh, so in the third inning, it goes, uh, there's two walks, and that's where I'm starting to get a little bit nervous because McKenzie had been going to a lot of full counts. He had been getting his pitch count up there a little bit. Must have been the third one. I was able to jump in. Carlos Santana gets another walk. So, yeah, this is right about the time I was jumping in. But McKenzie walked that tightrope with his command. And even going through and looking at the counts now, you know, he is, he got through. I was concerned mostly about that, his walk totals in the early going. And he ended up with four walks in five innings, just two hits, five strikeouts. It's one of his best performances of the year, let's be honest. Nick Sandlin comes out, gives him two innings, and you go Karen Chalk to Class A. That's win number four for Kansas City. They have now lost, uh, what, six of their last seven. And... They have now in seven of their last nine. They do that, right? No. Yes, seven of the last nine. It's been rough for them. I mean, they've went from the best record in baseball to they're now third place in this division. The Indians are alone in first place. 
How crazy is that? After all of our complaining and hand-wringing, the Cleveland Indians are in first place. Yes, Tristan McKenzie is definitely one of my stars this game. Who reached base twice? Cesar Hernandez had three hits. Uh, Fran Mel Reyes had a home run and a walk. By the way, that was the only walk by the Indians in this game. Two hits to Ahmed Rosario, three hits to Rene Rivera. What a game for him in his call-up. Yes, he has to be one of the stars as well. McKenzie ended up with 92 pitches. Danny Duffy, who's been so strong all year, gave up three earned runs, eight hits, the one walk, and he struck out six. His ERA goes over one for the first time, I believe, this season. And you, know, you look at that box score. Cleveland, 11 hits. They got four runs. They did have the one error. Kansas City only managed four hits in this one. Uh, they did have how many walks in the end? Five. So it was Kenzie had five, uh, four of the five walks. That one went to Karen Chalk. But the Indians were hard to hit, and Kansas City was scuffling, and it ended up being a very rough game for them, and a very rough four-game series. Uh, three stars in this one. It's, it's easy. It's We're going Rene Rivera for that debut with three hits, going Fran Mel with the home run and the only walk, and then Tristan McKenzie for that fantastic start. How nice to be wrong. Four straight. I did not expect that. I thought, honestly, coming into this series, I, I was looking at a split. And they won four in a row. And again, they're in first place. Three double plays induced. Uh, like I said, I mentioned Jose Ramirez had the one error. Some other players had some struggles uh, relative to things. But uh, let's see, Josh Naylor goes over four. Chang and Bowers combined to go over four. And uh, Jose Ramirez goes over four. But everyone else reached. So that's overall, that's a strong performance. Uh, other side of things. Old friend alert, Carlos Santana 0 for 2, but two walks, of course, in this one. It's a very Santana line. Uh, next up for the Cleveland Indians is Cincinnati. Cincinnati just placed Joey Votto on the disabled list with a broken finger. Uh, I can't remember the top of my head. Their offense has been pretty deadly. Jess Wingler and Nick Castellanos are, for lack of a better word, awesome. The Jess Winkler has a 422 bat pip. He is playing out of his mind. For those who aren't familiar with bat pip, technically it's not technically, it's it's mostly just to be able to look at a player and tell if they've been lucky or unlucky because there is luck in baseball. And your typical players, I want to say around a 285, 280 bat pip. Uh, Jess Winkler's is at 422. So while he has a 182 our uh, WRC plus and a batting average of 359. His bat pip says that he should lose about 130 points from his batting average uh, any day now. Uh, and of course that doesn't happen right away, but that he has been incredibly lucky. Castellanos at 324, bit of the same, but still, or 338, I should say, 324 says ISO. 338, uh, you know, he's got about a 40 point drop, but that's still going to keep him pretty respectful at 166 overall. Tucker Barnhart, uh, their most everyday catcher, also very strong performance. And if we thought the 422 bat pit by Winkler was high, how about Barnhart at 486? He's hitting 313. Yeah, very lucky so far for him. Uh, Naquin's already started to cool. He is down to a 134 WRC+. plus. He has negative defensive and base running scores. Uh, his bat pip is 275. It's down to about average. He's only hitting about 260 now. So we all knew he'd come back to earth, and that is exactly what has happened. But still, right now you've got 
an on-fire Winkler, an on-fire Barnhart. Castellanos has been good. Moustakis has been solid. Uh, man, Nick Senzel. We talked about him a lot this offseason just because I felt that he was a bit of a fallen prospect, and he's not necessarily been awful, but an 88 WRC+. plus. Now, yeah, as an Indians fan, we'd love that as an outfielder, but that's also not what you expect out of him. Jonathan India has been a it made some nice defensive plays, but he is it, with the bat. He's been pretty awful. That's an issue for them. Genios uh, Suarez. I mean, I don't know what to make of him. And two years ago, after the 2019 season, I made an argument that he was more valuable than Lindor when you looked at contracts and value because he was so cheaply signed and he had had such big production over a few years. Really struggled in 2020. We thought he'd reset and come back in 2021 you know they instead said oh, we'll run him out of shortstop 53 wrc plus i mean that is ugly uh defensive value according to fan graphs not bad but man now his bat pip again the other side of things 172 so he's hitting 140 but he's about 100 points below where he should hit so the hope for him is that he will rebound as that increases. But it's it's not been pretty in the early going for the Cincinnati Reds with some of their guys. Uh, Tyler Molly and Wade Molly, Wade Miley have been great. Unfortunately, the Indians are facing both of those guys. Sonny Gray has also been great. Uh, Luis Castillo has been okay. And Jeff Hoffman has been okay. And this weekend, it's Molly, Wiley, and Castillo that the Indians will face. So... Now that we've had that opportunity to kind of do a bit of a preview, look ahead to this weekend, let's take a moment here and talk about one of our sponsors that helps keep this show going, helps keep it fresh, uh, provide some money to myself and all the other hosts out there. Let me adjust the camera a little bit. Work on You're supposed to have a gap for those who are watching at home between yourself and the top. And I must have moved forward and lost my gap. Let's go over to betonline.ag, our sponsor. Let's talk about, see what they think for game one of this Indian series. I've never been to betonline.ag. It's our official uh, home for all lines and such things. And as I go there, it's sports, live betting, casino, race book, poker, esports, contests, and more. So many things. And when you go there, if you use the promo code locked on, you get a 5 0. That is 50% bonus on your first deposit. It's a huge. Amount five zero fifty. So tomorrow's game is Wade Miley against Zach Plesac. Uh The Indians are favored. Eight and a half runs in this one. Miley is getting a run and a half. I said Miley has pitched well, but the Indians have also hit well against lefties. Plesac is coming off of some strong games. You can see why over at Bet Online they're favoring the Indians in that matchup on Friday. Uh, if you like the line either way, remember to go to betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on to get your 50% bonus on your first deposit. So there's my patented. So uh, just, you know, letting everyone know when it is that we are back and ready to talk about more things Indians related. So we talked some prospects. We did a quick look to the future. Let's talk about some advanced stats. So I was kind of curious to go over to Baseball Savant after I went there very quickly the other day and kind of look a little bit more in depth. There isn't a whole lot in terms of fielding. I'll be honest, you know, they're going, um, I'm trying to think top of my head. I, you know, I, I looked at it and I've now I got to click back The Eddie Rosario is actually the Indians leader and outs above average. 
Uh, Yuchen Chang, Ahmed Rosario, and Cesar, Cesar Hernandez are next. The worst is Josh Naylor. And you know, there's, like I said, there's not a whole ton to be gained there with Luplo and Jimenez. Running, I think this is one of the more interesting of kind of the minor stat areas when we're talking. Fastest guy in the team, Ahmed Rosario. He is third fastest for his age. Uh, Cesar Hernandez is fifth fastest for his age. Jose Ramirez seventh. Andres Jimenez sixth. Slowest Indian. By the way, Ahmed Rosario is top 3% of all of baseball in terms of his sprint speed, which is 29 feet per second. 29.4 if we want to get into the exact slowest Indian. You shouldn't be surprised. It's Roberto Perez at 24.4. It's almost 5 feet per second difference between the top and the bottom. And he is bottom 8% of the league. So this I found humorous. So his score is that bad. His age rank, though, is 10th. His positional rank is 51st, so he's even slow among catchers. But I was like 10th for his age. Age 33, apparently not a good group because his overall percentile rank is 7.6. So who are the slowest Indians? Like We can always talk fastest, but for me, I immediately was like, who are the slowest ones? You guessed Fran Mill. I thought that was an easy one at second. And then Josh Naylor. When you get right down to it, it's like, yep, that all makes sense. Those are your three slowest Indians. So who are the three fastest? Mentioned Ahmad Rosario has a rank of 97.2%. Cesar Hernandez is at 91.7. And then your next highest player is we had a pair in the 80s, and they are the previously mentioned Andres Jimenez and Jose Ramirez. Jimenez is third with Ramirez fourth. And next up in terms of speed, if you're around at the top five best, Yu Chen Chang. If you're curious about the bottom worst after those original three, Jake Bowers at four. And then Eddie Rosario at five. Again, I don't think any of that is all that mind blowing. What I thought was a little bit interesting is when I went to pitching, Shane Bieber doesn't have any dark red, uh, at least in the first set of team stats I looked at. And then when I clicked on his name, that's where you get to see the dark red K percentage, chase rate, uh, 95 for K percentage, 96 for chase, whiff percentage, 97. Uh, he's making guys look foolish, which is interesting. His fastball velocity is only 51st. His spin is only 66th. Uh, guys are just still not able to hit it. It's not fast. It spins well, but he is, uh, I mean, he's just a machine right now. We talked about how he gives up a lot of home runs. That's kind of his one weakness. His average exit velocity is a blue score at 26th, and his hard hit is a 30. So that is where you see with Beaver, but the rest of it is, you know, it, but it, again, he doesn't have the dark reds like he's had every other year until this year. Uh, part of that is, you know, his, even his walk percentage this year is the last two years, it's gone up when he debuted, it was 4.7, 4.7 and 7.1 and then 7.5. He, you know, the K percentage is the one deep red, but it'll be something to watch to see if this continues to go for him. Uh, I mean, I, he's going to still continue to pitch well, but if some of these uh, sliders end up going on the site in his favor in terms of just as he continues to dominate, because I'm 100% sure he will. One second here. Solo show, yeah. Take a second and get a drink. Uh, talk James Karen Chalk. You ready? I'm just laughing. Because it's a thing of beauty to go check out. Expected weighted on base, 99th percentile. Expected slugging, 98. Expected ERA, 99th. Expecting batting average, 100th. K percentage, 100th. 
whiff percentage, 99, walk percentage, 90th, barrel percentage, 70th. Chase rate is only 54. It's interesting he's not, guys don't chase on his pitches. Hard hit, 87th. Average exit velocity, 21. That's his one blue, and he's entirely been fastball curve this year. But and it's, that is the reddest you will ever see. So that's a fun one to check out. Um, I might have lied about that being the reddest you'll ever see because Emmanuel Classe is just as red uh, and he has no blue. His K percentage is 57th, which is a slight white turning a little bit of red. Uh, other than that, everything is light to dark red. Even his average exit velocity, which we talked about with Bieber and Karen Chalk not being great, his is 91st. No one's even hitting it hard. But he's 82 for hard hit, 87 for expected batting, 96 for expected average, expected weighted on base, 96, expected slugging, 90, barrel percentage, 91st, chase rate, 96, walk, 79, whiff, 72, K percentage, as I mentioned, 57, cutter, slider, fastball. Fastball is average mile per hour of 101 and the cutter at 100. Now, according to this, he throws the only the fastball 4% of the time versus the cutter 73% of the time. I just think the fastball and the cutter are the same pitch. It's just not being read correctly by the software that does this. And what gives the Indians a chance this year is exactly what we just talked about. Kieran Chalk and Classe at the back of the pen. No one else has anything like that that they can deploy. It is it's a huge weapon. It's absolutely unbelievable. And let's talk about the third part of their kind of three-headed hydra, as it were, of pitching at the back and for this team. And that's Brian Shaw. And you know, we'll talk about Brian Shaw in a moment, but I do want to take another quick commercial break here and talk about one of our fantastic sponsors. I love all of our sponsors because they help keep our show going. And this is my favorite sponsor. And if I'm saying that, you should know it's Built Bar. I am currently out of Built Bar. It is a sad time for me. I'm going to have to go out and place an order soon. Their newest bar, I should go over right now and tell you all about it. It's like a sweet fire bar or something. I didn't get a chance to read the full email. Uh, I'm very curious to see if they even have it. I feel like whenever they do something new... It just, it goes away so quickly and you miss out on something interesting. Yeah, it's already gone. That That's how good things at Built Bar are. They had a new product. I got an email two days ago. They've already sold out. It was, uh, you know, basically making a spicy bar. I mean, they're trying to do so many different things with all of the fun flavors and everything else they already have over at BuiltBar.com. Remember when you go to BuiltBar.com, you want to use that promo code LOCKDOWN15 that 15% savings you'll get is the same I get as a repeat customer. It is a really solid deal. Try the mixed box. See what it is that you like. See what bar appeals to you the most. And after that, go back and do the build your own and try, you know, or not try, but get the flavors you like the best. It, there's nine flavors right now. They're all great. There isn't one where I sit back and go, well, I'm not finishing this or I don't want to have this one. This one isn't any good. That just doesn't exist with Built Bar. So remember, builtbar.com, promo code LOCKEDON15. So, sorry, I got to write down my timestamps as I'm going through these. So, I'm never going to break myself of that so habit. Because it, it's just it's a nice way to extend things while I jump between the million and a half tabs that are open at one time. 
if you watch my conversation with uh, Chris Manning of Locked on Cavs, we had that one out loud about the navigating all the tabs and trying to figure out where everything is. So I talked about coming back around to the last part of the Hydra that is the Cleveland Indians back end bullpen, and that's Brian Shaw. This year, they pitch distribution has a change up at 3%, a curve at 5 a slider at 12%, a cutter at 80%, and a fastball at 1%. Again, the fastball is essentially a cutter that just the software did not pick up. And exit velocity of 65, hard hit percentage 98, expected batting 88, expected ERA 74, expected weighted on base 74, expected slugging 83, barrel percentage 63, K percentage 68, whiff 58, chase 55. Chase is a solid white, whiff and uh, whiff is just a you know light red. And then the one area his walk percentage is a little bit higher. Uh, I mean, it's a lot higher. It's at eighth percentile. So that is the one thing that we we'll have to watch with Shaw because this kind of shows me that if you're a hitter, maybe you want to lay off a bit. That he is, you know, he's offering free passes, and that he's not really inducing players to chase, and that often will lead to more walks. So again, if I'm a player, I'm also going up there looking fastball, as that's essentially 81 percent of what he throws. But again, if you're an Indians fan, you have to love that as this is a player who in, if I go back to 2020, there isn't enough data. If you go back to 2019, uh, fastball spin 81, curveball spin 65, exit velocity 63, everything else is blue uh, except for a few whites. It was pretty ugly. And it's it's just, again, amazing what Shaw has managed to do this year for the Cleveland Indians. Should we talk about the negatives? Logan Allen. Let's, let's go to the opposite in the spectrum. Exit velocity, 20th. Max exit velocity, first percentile. Expected weighted on base, 3. Third percentile. Expected slugging, third percentile. Expected ERA, third percentile. Expected barrel, 12th percentile. Expected batting average, 4th. K, 11th. Uh, fastball velocity, 47. Fastball spin, 6. I mean, that fastball was just a lame duck pitch, and we all know why he was not effective it, Fastball didn't give him enough. The curveball's at 68, and that's the thing. He's always had a good curve. That's that's his story dating back to forever for him. It's been that kind of, well, he doesn't throw the curve a lot. It was more the changeup was the the pitch that I was thinking of, not the curve. And, you know, the fastball, he only threw 48% of the time, but it's really bad by all these judgments, and that's why Logan Allen is now back down in at the alt site. I, I don't know how you fix that or what you do with that. I mean, it's the same. I could read you the numbers, but it's basically the same story with Sam Henkes, Henches. And uh, I don't know how he's going to find success. You thought Allen's were bad. He has more that are at the first percentile. He has more under 10 percentile. He has nothing in the white. His only thing that's good is his walk percentage. That's it. Uh, that's in the red. But his numbers are worse than Logan Allen's. I don't know what you can expect from him as a starter. Right now, they need a solid fifth. You got to hope Scott Moss... And Eli Morgan can get stretched out a bit more, but because uh, they had those injuries and they really only started pitching in the past week or two. So if you're a Cleveland Indians fan, I mean, those are the guys to watch. Those are the players that have been around. Those are were supposed to be the next guys up for this team because Henches, he just it's not there, and he's not inducing any swinging strikes, and he is it's ugly. And the numbers there show a guy that it's less than ideal if you're an Indians fan. Uh, just to kind of close it out with some of the other 
pitchers of high uh, use. How about the fact that Aaron Savali is out there with a fastball velocity at the 15th percentile, K percentage at the 19th, width at 17th. If his fastball spins at 65, the curveball at 79. He's another guy where it is interesting because their cutter comes in at 88, but the fastball at 91. So they do seem to be distinct pitches, but he's also got the curve, the changeup, and the slider, and he throws those all over 10% of the time. And that's what he's doing. None of his data is great. I mean, barrel percentage is low. Curveball spin is good. But everything else is kind of that white, almost red. So he's getting by with mid to back rotation stuff. And again, credit to Savali, who's been a very solid pitcher for the Indians. Should we talk Tristan McKenzie? It's another one where you you kind of go, uh-oh. We'll see how this goes. Uh, hard hit percentage. Hard hit percentile, second. Barrel percentage, first. He's getting barreled more than anyone else in baseball. Walk percentage, first. Curveball spin, nine. Fastball spin, 45. Fastball velocity, 27. Chase rate, 39. Uh, again, he was great today. K percentage at 89 and whiff percentage at 94. It's fascinating that his chase can be so bad, but he's still generating strikeouts and whiffs. If he is going to be successful, though, uh, the walks have to get better. That has been a big issue. And he's throwing his fastball 67% of the time. If you're a hitter, why you just go up there looking fastball? I mean, he is, and it, as we talked about, it doesn't spin well and it doesn't have a ton of velocity. I, I don't know how you keep, he has been successful at points this year. I don't know how he continues to stay successful. I mean, the book should be out. The book should be, you know, be a little bit patient because he's going to, throw a bunch of pitches, sit fastball, and get ready to hit it hard. And guys are going to do that. Slider at 14, curve at 13, uh, change up at 5. But it's there's just not enough there right now. <laughs> and God, is it crazy to say that uh, I am more concerned about the Indian starting rotation than I am about their hitters? We'll next week kind of break down their hitters and go through the important players there in their lineup. But I... I mean, Tristan McKenzie, no matter what happens, he's only got 120 innings in him. So even if he can uh, overcome what the numbers show, uh, you just, you're not going to be able to get a full season out of him. Logan Allen has not been good. Sam Henches, uh, the data shows a guy who's probably not going to, he's going to struggle to find success. So you really got to hope that it's, it's uh, Morgan and Moss and, no, Mejia had, I want to say, a four-inning shutout yesterday. I want to say I was looking at box scores. can't remember the exact specifics. So maybe Mejia can be someone who helps them, as he is also on the 40-man already. But it is definitely something to pay attention to. It is a concern that I have for the Indians is for the first time in a decade, it feels like, I'm concerned about the starting pitching. I don't know who's that next guy up. I don't know about the depth. They're not using Quantrell a lot. Stretch him out. Give him that opportunity maybe. But uh, it is interesting, again, that that is where they'll try their young players and give them that open extended window as we're seeing starters where the data isn't good get that opportunity. We're still waiting for that chance with some of the hitters. I talked about yesterday's show, some of my concerns with Andres Jimenez. Uh, Owen Miller, by the way, also had a – he's just hitting everything in sight. He's going to force his way onto the Indians maybe – before Nolan Jones or anyone else. I, I would watch for Owen Miller as the first bat up. Just go ahead, dive into the box scores. I, it feels like that guy falls out of bed in the morning and, and 
ropes a single. I can't explain it. Uh, he's he is the classic overachiever profile. Not a great athlete, small school player. All these reasons to always doubt him, and he keeps performing, keeps performing, keeps performing. Doubt him if you dare. You'll probably regret it. Regret it later. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Lockdown Needs Podcast. Remember to rate and review, download daily. That really helps. iTunes is a mess. Uh, so if you're listening, you're probably not listening on iTunes right now. And uh, thank you for listening on an alternative site during these times. Uh, oh, oh, I finished the first nine picks in my big board. I'll start posting those over on my MLB draft now, uh, blogspot.com. I'm taking a new approach. I've kind of had an evolution in thought, and I'll go into that next week as well. Again, I am Jeff Ellis. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. And for the next year, maybe two, go Tribe.